I uh, got a couple cool ones. Thank, I just want to shout out to Tim uh, from earlier. I, I don't know if I did or not, but just thanks for the encouragement. We really appreciate uh, that text message. Uh, also from Raphael, I love this one. He says, isn't it strange the history of the world's divided by B.C. and A.D.? The whole world keeps a seven-day week, which you only find in Genesis. Most of the world keeps Christmas as a special day, including people of all faiths. And, question mark, there's no Christ? Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. He says he's all around you. It's in nature. Like, whatever you love, you receive. It's it's this love that sustains you day by day. He is the personification of love. Merry Christmas to all. Love that, Raphael. That is an absolutely brilliant text, and we really, really appreciate uh, the fact that uh, we we can remember what this whole time is all about. Now, we, we know that this wasn't the time that the shepherds were in the field. We know that December 25th isn't the actual day that Jesus was born. But it's good to celebrate it at one time. And because this is the season that people are open to it, yep. let's use it for the glory absolutely. of the kingdom of heaven. It's absolutely, Blake, just on that, i um, just been following some blogs, particularly about uh, Christians who get a bit frustrated about the Christmas time. It's not the real beta, but, you know, and I'm right, saying, right, hello, right. hello, let's get a whole handle, handle on ourselves here. Mm-hmm. How many of us, how many of us actually have folk who don't follow Jesus, perhaps, who actually ask us that question? Very few. So I'm saying, get into people's lives, and then you get a chance to share that. Here, here's another thought on that too. Just, just to think about that a little bit more. You know, when we talk about a day of worship, right? Mm-hmm. We are given the seventh day Sabbath, not the first day of the week, but the seventh day of the week. But we're actually given the day that we're supposed to worship. When it comes to the birth of Jesus, no one knows. No. So there, there isn't. It's not like we're having a debate here of this day or that day. It's like there is. No one knows yeah. the actual day. So. It, it's it's a good to have the day as a day of celebration, uh, but some people are like, ah, we only celebrate the yeah. the birthday of Pharaoh in the Bible or something like. No, no, we're not celebrating the birthday, quote unquote. We're celebrating the fact that prophecies came true. Jesus came in the flesh. He lived his life yep. so that we could have life when we yeah. deserve death. It's, so, yeah, I, I get a little bit uh, excited point. about it's that. The yeah. Big theme that we need to let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of. The baby. Yes. <laughs> we're actually going to do a study on miracle babies. Okay. So we're not throwing any of those babies out with the bathwater as well, too, because they're important to us. So we're going to start out. Now, I want to do a little recap because I was here yesterday. Uh, so our listeners yesterday, we're, we're talking about seven miracle babies that we have had uh, in the Bible. Okay. So seven miracle babies. Uh, one of them to start to start it all off. I'm going to do a quick recap here. The first one was Isaac. Okay, so he's a miracle baby. And another another thing, while I'm talking about Isaac, every baby that is a miracle birth in the past uh, is reminiscent or a reminder of uh, a type of Jesus, right? And so as we go through these miracle babies, we're actually comparing them how. This type is fulfilled by the antitype. Now, that word might be confusing to some people, but yesterday we explained. So type is the symbol of or the representation of, and then antitype is the fulfillment of, right? And so Christ is a fulfillment of all these miracle babies. So the, the lot, so these miracle babies, we need to look at their stories and go, hey, what was what happened in their lives that also was a fulfillment in Christ's life as well, too? So the first one was Isaac. Then we saw the miracle birth of Jacob. 
uh, which is actually kind of a twin birth. That was mm. a wild one. But it's one birth, but uh, we had the twins come out, and the his brother, Harry, uh, red, hairy little guy, Esau. The third miracle baby was Joseph, all in that same lineage. And then uh, we have a quite a few hundred years after all of that takes place, about almost maybe like 600 years, 400 to 600 years after Joseph. Uh, it's been a long time there because they're in uh, slavery there for in Egypt for a long time. But then they have another miracle baby in Samson, the strongest man in the world uh, besides Jesus. I think Jesus was even stronger because he had to carry all the sins of the world. Mm. So the next miracle baby, I'm going to I'm going to leave it a mystery, but I want you, oh it's not going to be much of a mystery when I tell what book it is, but Rick, can you go to 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 2 to 6 if you can read that for us. So 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 2 to 6. I I definitely think I'm giving away what baby this is because of the book. Yeah. We're going to First Samuel two. Yeah, First Samuel uh, chapter one. First oh, Samuel chapter, chapter one. one. But we're starting in verse two. And we're going to read to verse six. So if you're driving and listening, do not read along. Just listen. Yeah. We we care about your safety here on Faith FM. Uh, but if you can grab a Bible, follow along. First Samuel chapter one, verses two to six. Now here's some interesting names. Elkanah had two wives, Hena and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Verse 3 says each year Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at the time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninia and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. Which verse am I going to? Uh, verse 6. Okay, last one. So Peninia would taunt Hannah and make oh. her fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having kids. So she, so Hannah here has no kids. No she's kids. taunted. She just feels terrible. She's being mistreated by uh, her husband, yep. really. And yeah, I want to just take a quick little side note here. When we talk about uh, polygamy uh, in the Bible, it's in the Bible, but not everything in the Bible is of the Lord, no. right? And so God created Adam and Eve to have this beautiful uh, relationship that connects people one on one, husband and wife, but not husband and wives or wife and husbands, right? And so anytime you see that, you see an abuse of power, an abuse of the situation, and it's not the healthy dynamic that God created for relationships. But just one little side note. Yep. I want to keep reading here because I want to get the full story. Now let's go to verse 17. If you can read 17 to 20. 17 to 20. We've got it. In that case, Eli said, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again. She was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning, went to worship the Lord once more when they returned home to Ramah. Ramah, when Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son, named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. All right, so uh, we kind of skipped a little middle section there, but Hannah, she's there crying in front of the temple, desperate, desperate crying her eyes out, and then uh, Eli the priest comes and goes, hey, why are you drunk? <laughs> Like, what are you doing, lady? Like, quit drinking in front of the temple. She's like, I'm not drunk. I'm crying because I want to have a child. And then Eli 
grants her the petition, uh, gives her that request. Uh, and then little Samuel's born. I think something really important here is the context too, particularly in the Old Testament and a number of cultures. A male-born child was just so mm. sort of required. Mm-hmm. To have no children was bad enough, but to have not a male child also was really yeah, so we have we got a little break here in just a second, but I want to come back to talk about Samuel and I want to talk about Jesus and how the two of them are connected. Cool. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, welcome back to Faith FM. That was a quick little break. We just want to let you know that we're excited uh, that you're here studying the Bible with us. And we've been talking about Samuel and Jesus. And Samuel is the uh, fifth miracle baby in our Miracle Baby series that we've been talking about. So I want to read a couple of connections between baby Samuel and baby Jesus, but also grown-up Samuel and grown-up Jesus as well, too. Mm. So here's a couple connections. And if you can think of some more, Rick, while, while we're going, feel free to share as well, too, for our listeners. So the first one here is Samuel, like Samson, he was dedicated to God before he was even born. And we fast forward here to Jesus. He was actually predestined to be dedicated to God and controlled by the Holy Spirit until the age of accountability. So that's kind of an interesting connection. So basically, both of these children are dedicated to the Lord before they're even alive, right? And so Samson's like that as well, too. Jesus like that as well, too. And so Jesus' um, fulfillment of this as the antitype is he is there from the very beginning um, serving the Lord even as a little baby. Right? And, I, and I just wonder, in Scripture where it talks about the plan of redemption, the plan to, to overcome sin was from the foundation of, of the world. Things. Yeah, even before. <laughs> so, so did God and Jesus have this little discussion about, hey, hey yeah. How's this going to take place? going to take place? Absolutely. Uh, we see here in 1 Samuel 2, verse 26, uh, it says that he grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. So I don't know if you can see that there in your in your Bible there, Rick. Yep. But in Luke uh, 2, verse 52, it says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So when when you hear that verse about Jesus, it's not just a random verse. It's a verse referencing back to the only boy, like a little boy named Samuel, right? Par- parallels all through it, isn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. All through the Bible, Old and uh, New Testament. And, and yesterday we were talking about as well, too, how important it is to not throw away the Old Testament. Like so many Christians go, ah, yeah, that's an Old Testament. Yeah. I don't need that. You Irrelevant. Know? Irrelevant. And it's not. It's very relevant. All these stories point to Christ. You're a Christian. You I, follow him. <laughs> I, I remember being told you cannot understand the New Testament without the Old. Oh, that's so true. And yeah. don't think when you understand the New, you can just cut the Old off. Because you, you, you right to the, the last book in the New Testament, Revelation just is so much referencing back. Yeah, Daniel kind of unlocks Revelation. You know, I kind of look at it like, um, this is probably a poor analogy, but I'll do my best here. Uh, You know, like a tapestry, like that people sew together? Well, some of the threads are from the Old Testament, and some of the threads are from the New Testament, and it sews together a beautiful tapestry that when it's all put together, you can go, oh, that makes more sense because I can see the different threads that we've used to make the big picture yeah, more clear. Absolutely. So it's super important to not throw away the Old Testament. And, and, and it gives the full picture. 
Oh, absolutely. The yeah. Full picture. The full so tapestry. we'll keep going here. Uh, Samuel was raised by someone who wasn't his father, Eli, and Jesus was raised by someone who wasn't his biological father, Joseph. I find that, find that interesting as well, too. And Samuel was both a prophet and a high priest, and Jesus was a prophet when he was here on earth. He is now a high yeah, priest in heaven, uh, interceding for us, and will one day become something that Samuel never was, and that is a king. So that's that's very interesting. In fact, oh, that's a crazy little connection as well, too. Samuel was the prophet to, who I, brought the I, king to anoint, yeah, yes, yes, to anoint the king. So that's an interesting thought as well. I hadn't thought about that one yeah. as well, too, just just while I'm thinking about that with Jesus. So basically to unite the priesthood yeah. and the royalty. And the royalty. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right, we're going to go. I'm just looking at time here. We've got to keep running. We're going to go to another one. 2 Kings chapter 4. This is our sixth miracle baby. Okay, so 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 12. Can you read that for us, Ray? Can do. Okay, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 12. He said to his servant Gehazi, Tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, Tell her we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. We still going? Yep. Later Elisha asked Gehazi Gehazi, what can I do for her? Gehazi replied, She doesn't have a son mm. and a husband. Is an old man. Oh, poor old man. <laughs> Keep going here and uh, to all the way to verse seventeen. Okay, call her back again. <laughs> Elisha told him when the woman returned. Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, "Next year at this time, this is incredible. You will be holding a son in your arms." Mm-hmm. No, my lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough. The woman soon became pregnant, and at the time, the following year, she had a son, just like Elisha had said. So this is our sixth miracle baby. Uh, we it's we don't have a name. It's the no. it's an unnamed the son child. Of. Yeah, the son of the Shunammite woman, <laughs> yeah. right? And so here here's a couple of type anti-type connections here. So we've got the Shunammite woman. She's expressed doubts that this was even possible. Well, we fast forward to Jesus's situation, and Mary says to the angel. How shall this be, seeing that I know not a man, right? So both of these mothers, actually, <laughs> almost every single time with these miracle uh, babies, the mothers are like, ah, I don't know how this is going to actually happen. You know, you look back at Isaac's situation, uh, and Sarah laughs. Yeah. And so his name is Laughter, because that's impossible. She's I, what, I think she's like 90-something 90, years old. Yeah. yeah. So basically, a lot of these miracle baby births are are really supernatural. Yes. They're they're completely going against the biological clock. You know, I, I hear that uh, sometimes, you know, the bio, biological clock is ticking. Well, according to the Bible, uh, it can go for quite a, quite a ways when the, when the Lord is involved. The other one here is Shunammite's son went to work with the father yes. reaping in the fields. Jesus said repeatedly that he was doing the work of his father and he was working in his father's field, right? Yeah. He makes a reference that the uh, harvest is the plenty, harvest, yes, but the labors, the labors are, are few. So, uh, join Jesus in the work of you know the harvest. I, you know what I found interesting in this? You mm. get your human response, like you mentioned, Sarah. Oh yeah. no, laugh, laugh, laugh! Yeah. Funny. This can't happen. Standing in the doorway, Shunammite woman. No, no, no. You get your you get your human response to extreme uh, to ex- uh, issues. 
and then you get the divine response says, we'll do it. it right. Can, it can happen. So you get both sides of the spectrum. Absolutely. So the human and the divine kind of coming. Yeah. Yeah. And you just see how majestic the divine is. Beautiful. Despite the human response. Yeah. And and so often we doubt so many things yeah. as humans. And that's a normal. In fact, that's the norm. Yeah. But what's not the norm is having the faith to believe in the divine, just like you were talking about there. So next one here, we've got the Shunammite's son actually dies while working in the field with his father. I mean, that's. How prophetic is that, or how much type, anti-type is that, symbolic? Jesus died while working in the field for his father, right? So Jesus also dies working in the field of the harvest. He dies on the cross for uh, his father. And But then, you get this next part, the Shunammite woman's son is then brought back to life <laughs> and given back to his mother. Jesus brought back to life and given back to the woman the church, which is very interesting as well, too. So it's a, it's a little, uh, you know, anti-type fulfillment there as well, too. I love reading the stories of the Old Testament and thinking, how does this relate to Jesus? Yeah. You know, we, we uh, Ellen White actually gives us this this idea, this instruction that when we're reading the stories of the Old Testament, let's think about yeah. how this relates to Jesus. I almost think of God saying, okay, how many ways can I tell him? <laughs> yeah. How many stories can I set up? How many times? To get them ready. <laughs> yeah. I, I find this too interesting that all the other babies so far, we've got Isaac, we've got Jacob, we've got Joseph, we've got Samson, we've got Samuel. They all have names. But then the last baby before the seventh baby yep. is a nameless one. Oh. And I think what's happening here is God is setting up through the Old Testament the stories like, here's a story about Isaac. Here's a story about Jacob. Here's a story about Joseph. These are all stories about these people. But then we come to this final one, the Shunammite son, saying this is actually a story about the one to come. Yeah. Right. The, the reason there's no name on this one is because there's one whose name is above every other yeah, name, name and every and a name that every knee shall bow yeah, to, yeah. right? And so Jesus is using all these stories to prepare yeah, his people yes, yep. for the coming of the Messiah, Getting right? Him. Yep. Uh, it's it's really important for us as listeners as well too, you know, as we as we think about this and we think about this Christmas season, um, when we think about the name of Jesus, how we can communicate that name to our friends and our loved ones. And if you have any good ideas on that, call or text us on 0491-064-669 here on Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. There's a lot of people who try to oppose the work of God. You know, they get upset about it. They they don't want it to happen. And, uh, but praise the Lord. His will works. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. God's, yeah. uh, God's will comes through. And even when the devil throws a spanner in the works, as the Aussies say, yeah. I never, I didn't know what spanner or works were when I was, <laughs> uh, when I first came here. But now I know I've got a lot of spanners in yeah. a lot of works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even when the devil tries to do that, God uses, those uh, those spanners actually for his purpose as well too. So God is just always recalculating and re uh, reusing what was used as a weapon um, for his purpose to build the yeah. kingdom as well too. Yeah. So praise the Lord yeah. for that. You know, I, I I know I've got some spanners in the works in my <laughs> life, and the Lord can still use those to fix us up. Uh, we're gonna go on to our seventh baby here, and I need Rick. I need you to read yep. from Matthew chapter one. Um, Verse 23. Just 23? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Look, 
The virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, this is a reference to the prophecy. I believe it's in Isaiah, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's uh, it's either nine six or seven four. I'm not sure which one. Sorry, it's just off the top of my head. Um, but there's a reference here. There's a prophecy to this miracle baby Jesus that is to come. And we know the story. You know, we've been talking about it all week, the, the nativity scene story. There's no room in the inn, and Jesus is born uh, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger. Uh, and we have this beautiful story in the Bible uh, to remind us of humble beginnings for Jesus as uh, our seventh miracle baby. But I want to say one thing. The, there's only seven miracle babies in the Bible. However... There's an eighth birth that we're going to get to right at the end of this. So I want us to think as listeners, what do you think the eighth birth could be? Uh, it's directly from this miracle baby. But I want to share a little uh, little teaser here. So Lipton Ice Tea, they have an ad on uh, a TV going right now. And there's these three women. They're sitting in the middle of the ocean. And then a dolphin appears. Beautiful dolphin. But it has zebra stripes. So it's a dolphin with zebra stripes. Then the lady goes, "Woo! That is a surprising fusion, right?" Mm. And so you can say that about this seventh miracle baby that we have a surprising fusion of God and man, which has never ever been done before or since, right? So Jesus is fully man and fully God. We have not seen that before or since because he's the only one who is like that, right? Now, I want to give you some numbers. We're going to play some numbers game. We're talking about miracle babies. We're talking about the numbers. Here are some numbers for you. So three is one of the numbers, one of God's perfect numbers, and it also symbolizes completeness or perfection. So we've got the reference to the Godhead, yep. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We've got the three characteristics of the Godhead, which are omnipotence, omnipresence, and omniscience. And we've got the three missions of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And so... The, th- the number three is often referenced to, now remember, we're talking about the seventh miracle baby. Number three is often referenced to God's perfect number, okay? Then we've got the number four, which is oftenly, often referenced to a human or earthly number. So we've got the four corners of the earth, the four seasons four. of yep. on the earth. We've got the four winds four of strife. Winds. Yep. We got revelation. We got all the people of the earth are described in four ways, nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And so what we have here is both the number of divinity, three, and the number of humanity, four. And in Christ, we have the perfect combination of divinity and humanity, the seventh miracle baby. So when we think about this fusion of God and man, the divine and the human, what are some thoughts that you have, Rick? Isn't that, that's, a, that's just a crazy thought. I've, 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 oh, the other word I've, I'm thinking of coming to mind is amalgamation. You know, the, 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 the stories, the movies about man and beast, and uh, mm. he's the divine with humanity. Right, right, right. The God, God mm-hmm. in the one being, being brought together in a way that it's never been done and never will be done again. No, and and done in a powerfully beautiful way as well, too. Actually, that's an interesting thought. You know, like when you think of like a, you know, a centaur, uh, it's like half man, half horse. Yes. 
right? This is almost that amalgamation is an abomination, yeah. right? Right? When you think of when you think of uh, man and beast, right? So man and another creature together, that's an abomination. But when you think of the divine and human, this is a totally different yes. story. It's how it was meant yeah. to be. And right? the man and the beast is the created. Exactly. This one. Is the creator creator with uh, the the mankind as well yeah. too to connect with us? So, thinking about three and four as well too, three times four makes twelve, which is also another number. The perfect uh, uh, we're talking about numbers here as well too. So, the Old Testament we got what twelve tribes of Israel. We yes. got the we got the twelve disciples. Yeah. We got in Revelation twelve is church is described as a woman who has twelve stars around her head. Revelation 21, we've got uh, the perfection of God's kingdom is described as having 12 foundations and 12 gates and is overseen by 24 elders, which is a multiple, multiple of 12. Look, all that is, it's interesting. It's not the end of the world, but it's just some numbers to, to think about and to play. But the number that we talk about now um, is December 25. That is has nothing to do with the, the actual birth of Jesus, but it is a day that we can come together and talk about these numbers, to talk about these miracle births. And I want to, I want to say, I I recently uh, went to a, a a Christmas dinner. I went to a Christmas dinner um, that there was a woman there uh, who had no idea about God, nothing like nothing at all. And we ha- we began this conversation. I was at a friend's place for Christmas. We began this conversation, and we just started. She had actually been having dreams ah. about the Bible. Right. And about the end of the world. And we started talking and I told her about Jesus. I told her about the prophecies about people having dreams at the end of time. And, you know, that was about five, six years ago. She we started doing Bible studies together, her and her husband. And they're now uh, they got baptized and they're members of our church now. And Mm -hmm. it all started on Christmas Day at a beautiful Christmas meal. And we're having a conversation about Jesus yeah, and the prophecies. And yeah. so I really want to challenge our listeners. Make sure you don't let this season go to yeah. waste, right? We know that it's not the actual day, but don't allow that to prevent you from telling the gospel of Jesus. Absolutely. So if you have any stories or questions that you want to send in to us, 0491-064-669, we want to hear from you. And we're looking forward to the day that... We don't have to even be on the radio. We just get to be in heaven Mm. with Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. We are very happy that you're here with us. This is Blake and Rick. We are diving into... Question of the Day. Yeah, I love that. That's cool. We should just have, I actually want, I'm going to make a new demand. Uh, I'm doing it right now and no one can stop me because I'm crazy. We want, I want more intros to more things. Yeah. I want intros to everything. Okay. I want new production of like everything. I just like songs, like intros. I just do it all. Okay. Just want everyone to know we're making some changes here. We're, we've taken over Faith FM Studios and we're making some huge production changes. I don't know if anything is going to happen, but I'm not going to give up on it. But we do have our question of the day. What is it, Rick? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a really interesting question. Yeah, it is, actually. Okay, you ready, folks? Did Moses really stutter? And the person that asked it said he didn't. 
Okay. So it's like, here's a question and here's the answer. answer. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's a good question. I, I have been doing a little research on this question right now, but I think before we, we talk about this, Rick, where do we even get yeah, this idea it's, from? It's, it's back in it's back in Exodus. Um, Is it chapter four? I think chapter four, verse ten. Okay. Um, there's a whole context here, but we might get around to that. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, "Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue tied, mm. and my words get tangled up." Yeah, and then the New King James, it's very similar. It says, I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue as yeah. well, too. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. But, but, Rick, you and I were kind of talking about this has nothing to do with stuttering. No. No, the, the being slow of speech, tongue-tied, no, 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 nothing to do with so what do you What do you think it actually has something to do with? You said yeah. something about the verse and, below and, it. And this is so important for any any person reading Scripture, the Bible, mm-hmm. God's Word, is that we get the context. Absolutely. And this... To me, reading right through that chapter, the context in this in this sense, it's Moses is using this as an excuse. I don't really want to go, uh, so I speak bad. Mm. And a little later on, um, in verse thirteen, here's the key, here's the clue to me. But Moses again pleads, "Lord, can you send anyone else?" Dung 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 dung. <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't listening to his excuse about the stuttering. No. So he's just like, look, actually, just send somebody else, please. Yeah. You know. But did Moses actually stutter? Yeah. Well, look, here's the interesting thing. I, I was doing some research on this, and in the midrash, which uh, is kind of like a, it's not the Bible, it's not the Torah, but it's kind of some uh, legends of uh, of old about Moses. There's a couple of crazy stories that I was just reading about. Now, I don't know if they're true or not, but eh, I find it interesting. Uh, one of them was that he his tongue was burned as an infant, right? Um, and it was in a test. So essentially, now this is just what this is saying. So this is not in the Bible. But uh, the idea here is Moses was continuously reaching for the crown of Pharaoh. And so they put a golden bowl and a and a plate of hot coals next to it, and he reached for the wrong one and burned his tongue. Okay, now he wasn't even at Pharaoh's it's court like until he was twelve. Up, don't go near this <laughs> yeah. fire, Moses. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> the burning bush situation as well, too. Um, but yeah, so I, I look. Who knows about all that? But I do find it an interesting side note that they have these this kind of legendary Stories. story yeah. uh, to help explain this as well too. Uh, the other thing about being heavy of mouth or or slow to speak or heavy of tongue, uh, there's a reference to he wasn't able to make the the sounds required to speak the Egyptian language right. fully. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's another side note, another reference as well too. But more importantly, we need to go to the Bible, yep. and I think we can see here that this is Moses' attempt to get out of doing what God is convicting yep. and him of doing. despite whether he did or stutter, if he did, God says, that's, that's, that's not hey, even the issue. Who gives you the words? Yeah. Who makes your mouth? I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he also sends his brother to come and help as well, too. Right. So it's not like he can't speak. But yep. uh, we are... I think we're, we're getting closer to the end of the show. It's very sad. <laughs> We, uh, we have to sleep and then we'll have to come back again tomorrow. But you are listening to Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.